All right, how we doing, Metro? Good? Good. Uh, man, today uh, we are wrapping up our series called Heaven versus Hell. Um, and before we get there, let me kind of introduce myself in case you're brand new. My name is Chris Pasek. I'm what we call the generation pastor around here. I mean, what that means is I get to hang out with middle school, high school, and college students all the time. And here's the thing. Let me kind of bring you guys up to speed, um, and then we'll dive into everything we have for us today. Um, but man, fall is around the corner, right? Right, and I just wanted guys to get a taste for what has going to happen in the generation ministry, um, where where for you guys um, we are about to light up the downriver with what we're going to be doing with our students. Um, seriously, you guys have no idea where where for me. Number one, number one, our live ministry, our high school ministry. Um, we're launching four. Don't miss this. Four on school campus ministries this fall. How awesome is that? Um, and the schools are inviting us. It's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Number two, our middle school students, um, we're doing this thing um, called the explosion, the fuel explosion. And look, look, we are going to see hundreds and hundreds of not just all teenagers, but look, middle school students come into this place. And so I'm pumped about that. And then finally, finally, last year, we kind of went crazy and did this thing called Monster Pong um, with our college students. And so this year, um, we're stepping up the game where we're not just having it here, but we're going to go to EMU. We're partnering with all of their campus orgs that are Christian and we're going to do Monster Pong at EMU. And look, look, look. We're expecting over a 1,000 students that we're going to preach the gospel. How awesome is that? Um, and so look, look the, the fun is just beginning, um, but we need your help. And so with that, here's, here's my plea. As our, our last youth pastor told me something that stuck with me. Um, he's the most brilliant guy I've ever met in this. And he said something. He said, Chris, our reach will always be limited by our volunteers. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. You're smarter than me. So that just happened. And, uh, but, but then it started to dawn on me. It is literally true what he said that, look, without more volunteers to help make sure young people don't kill each other, okay, um, look, we are never, we're going to have big flashes and pans, but, man, we want it to last and to carry through the year. And so with that, um, I'm asking you guys, what we need is some volunteers. What we're hoping for is this weekend we would sign up um, 10 middle school volunteers, five high school volunteers, and five college volunteers, okay? And so if that's you guys, man, please, please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Look, we've never had more favor with the schools. We've never been going this much momentum, but we need your help to sustain it. Is that good? Are you guys good with that? Um, so if that's you, there's a kiosk in the back. Megan, um, the uh, fuel director is back there. Man, go meet with her. I'll be back there after service, but sign up. We good? All right, so now we're going to do heaven versus hell. Um, and it, again, if you're brand new, let me kind of catch you up to speed. We launched this a couple weeks ago, um, and we started with week one where we talked about the big picture. What's God up to? Right? You got this thing called heaven, thing called hell. What is up to? And then we talked about this idea that God is winning by losing. And so if you weren't here from that, um, man, make sure you check that out. Um, we record all of our messages, give them away completely free at metrocitychurch.tv. Um, last week was week two of the Met series, and it was called uh, uh, Wrath shows worth. And it was all about hell. And I'm just happy that I didn't have to take that bullet, okay? Um, Greg preached on that, and that was great. Um, so for me, look, we're going to look at where it all lands, where it all pinnacles, where it all peaks, in this place called heaven. Woo! And I'm pumped. If you don't know, 
anything about me. One of my favorite subjects to teach about is heaven. Like, I love talking about heaven. I really do. And so today, the big idea, if you want to walk away with a a sentence in your head, um, it's kind of like a creed of my life. Um, One day, when I'm brave enough, I'll get a tattoo of it on my body, but I'm kind of scared of needles, so that doesn't work with me. Um, but, but, But to me, the one thought I want us to make, if I could push us into any direction, it would be this thought, to live with heaven in mind. If, if I could have one thought for you to walk away with, is for you to wake up every day, for you to wake up thinking, dreaming, hoping, wishing, just longing to go to heaven. Now, here's the problem with that. Here's what I know, that most of us, we didn't wake up this morning and be like, man, I hope to go to heaven. Like, we, we, didn't, we didn't do that. And I think one of the reasons why is because we don't know what heaven is actually going to be like. Really, we have thoughts of heaven, like we're, really, we're not sure if we're going to get wings, okay, we, we don't know. We, well, when bells go off, apparently someone gets some wing, wing, wings, right? Um, we, we don't know if we're going to float on clouds, if we're going to play harps. Um, we don't know. And so because we don't know, I don't think that we can long for it. And it's like that in everything in life. Well, let's just kind of start on a, on a level playing field here, and let me kind of back up and illustrate what I'm talking about. How if you don't know the potential of something, you will never long for it. And so let me kind of back up, let me kind of talk about wedding season. Now, wedding season is upon us. Um, um, I feel like I do more weddings than any other human I know. Like right now, from here until October, every weekend, a wedding, every weekend, a wedding, 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 wedding. Like it's just crazy. Um, our college students, I start talking about messages. I'm so used to do dating series, and apparently I'm a really good preacher because they all are getting married. And so, uh, and so that, that's happening. Um, and so, but something happens at weddings that, that, that I can't help. Where for me, what happens at every wedding, so I show up, and I'm the guy up on the stage, and I'm like, dearly beloved, and we, we do that whole thing, and so we got grandmas over here, we got grandpas over here, we got, we got, we got the, the bride and the groom, and all their family are all right up in the front, and all their friends and family, and then I go to the reception, and I'm Pastor Chris, okay, I'm, I'm like, okay, Chris is cool, you know, but they're like, Pastor Chris, would you pray for us, Pastor Chris, this, Pastor Chris, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I get that pastor thing, okay, and I don't like that pastor thing, because at weddings, Okay, like we eat, like they do the ding thing. Like I'm, I'm the guy, ding, 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 constantly. Just con- I'm like just constantly. I'm shattering my glass. What was that? That was the pastor, okay? Um, and all that starts swinging. But then, then there's this moment, and I can't, I can't help it. I can't stand it. I, I try to keep Metro as a good name. I try to keep my pastor card. But then all of a sudden I start to hear. <laughs> and I was like, bam, my hip just, I just, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, I, I, I just start hearing the tunes. And I can't, like, literally, like, I'm just, last Friday, we were at a wine, I, I, <laughs> I was at the bar getting a Coke. That's it. And then I was like, whoa, you know, I'm like, hey, you know. And, and then it dawns on me, and they're like, oh, there's the pastor. I say, he goes to that church, you know. Um, and there's this thing that goes with me. Here's the thing, it didn't start that way. Like, you know, when I started dancing, like, they would play songs growing up, and it was like, I'm out of here. And I would run. And the reason why, it's because my mom, my mom, and God bless her soul, okay, she's got soul, she loves to dance, okay, I think that's where I get it from, but my mama, like, she, she'll be the one, she'll be listening to that song, and she'll be like, hey, I'm a lady on the street, but she, she won't know the words, and she'll just be like, woo, come on, Chris, you know, I'm like, hey, my mama, you know, and, and, but, but she, she just does that, like, she loves to dance, and so my whole life, you know, I'd be a little kid, I mean, this big, and all of a sudden the music starts, hey, Chris, come on, and I'm, I'm like, no, and she's grabbing me, no, and she's grabbing me, and we get on the dance floor. I'm like, mom, I don't know how to dance. She's like, it's okay, follow me. And what does every mom do with your kid? You grab their hands, suspend them up because they're so little. And here's what a little kid does. 
you know, and you're just, and, and you're, you like that? No, mom. Why? Because I'm running a place. What does this have to do with dancing? You'll like it one day. Shut up, you know? And you're, you're just doing this, you know? In my whole life growing up, I mean, 12, 13, 14, I, the dancers would have my mom's, come on, Chris, come on, Chris, and she'd be yanking me. And then everything changed when I went to my first high school dance. Look, 15 years old, all of a sudden, music started, and again, again, just because I'm like, oh, my mom was coming, and I'd run. I'm in the back with the dudes, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Cool, for girls to do that. Then my date walks up, Chris, you want to dance? No. No, I don't, because I don't like to run in place. <laughs> that's, that's all I thought dancing was. I was like, no, I don't like to run in place, I don't like to run. In fact, I tried running once, but it was really only to get runners high, um, just to say I got high, and, and that didn't work either, so I quit running. So everything about it was terrible, and then, then you're going, no, 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 Chris, Chris. And I started to look, and I was like, oh, your dance. It ain't running in place. We're now, now, like, like I said, a music hits. And I'm just like, bam, and I just start popping, like I run to the dance floor. And so for me, here's the deal, here's the deal. In a moment, I got a snapshot. In a moment, I got to see a picture that started to get me to run from something towards something. And my whole hope today is that we will get a picture and a snapshot of heaven where we will get a thirst for it. We will get something in our heart that the minute it's brought up, the minute we go through something on this side of eternity, we long for heaven. Man, that's my hope that I can give a picture today. And so here's what's going to happen. I want to get incredibly practical. I want us to get a really clear view of heaven. Because I really do believe that the goal, one of the best things we can do in life is to live with heaven in mind. Because let's be honest, on this side of eternity, there is pain. There is hurting. There is crying. Heck, some of you maybe came to church, and you're going through the pain now. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a death. Maybe it's a teenager that's gone so off the deep, and you don't even know what to do. And I'm telling you, the thing that will get you through, the thing that will ignite your face is faith, is longing for heaven. Having a thirst for it. And see, we, we, we're not sure about that. We start to push back on it. We're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because we're afraid that heaven is going to hijack Jesus. And all of a sudden, we're going to want heaven. And all of a sudden, our faith is going to diminish. Let's be honest. The reason we don't talk about heaven more is because we're like, wait, man, I'm scared that I'm going to want heaven in the streets of gold more than I want Jesus. So there's this tension. Where for me, I don't think there's any tension in fact, I would argue is that if we would live with heaven in mind, it wouldn't diminish our faith, but it would actually ignite it. Where to me, I just want to invite you into this chapter in the Bible of Hebrews chapter 11. And what this chapter is, for, for those of us that grew up in church, it's called the Hall of Faith. Okay, and so we have the Hall of Fame in sports, right? Well, this was the Hall of Faith, where God is writing this book through the scriptures and through a man that he's saying, look, these are men that lived before us. So you got guys like Moses, you got guys like Noah, you got guys like Abel, and you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, these rock star guys, right? The Hall of Fame Christians. And God writes them all down in one chapter and says, look, these guys nailed it. These guys did it right. Like, if you and I could mimic anyone's life, it would be one of these guys, but I want us to zero in and see why these guys did what they did. Understand that their view of heaven fueled their faith. Well, check this out. So in Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, by faith, 
Abraham. Now, time out. If you don't know, if, if you don't know about Abraham, Abraham is the father of our faith. He's about as important as George Washington is to the United States, okay? Like, he, he is like the founder of it. He's the father of it. Like, God called him out. And basically what God said, he's like, hey, Abraham, take off to a desert where things die, and I'm going to give you the promised land, you know? And, and he was like, uh, all right. And pff, he took off. Now, think about that. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance. Look at this. Out to the desert, a faraway place. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Look at this. By faith. So understand, faith is essential to the Christian walk. Faith is everything, right? But what fuels faith is this. By faith, he made his home. Look at this. In the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, those are his two sons, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Look at this, for, this is the shift. Want to know why Abraham did what he did? Want to know why Moses did what he did? Want to know Isaac and Jacob, all the greatest men of our world? He says, for he was looking forward, look at this, to the city with foundations whose architect and the builder is God. Or translation, what? Heaven. He was looking for heaven. He was longing for heaven. And so he had a faith-fueled life where he was recklessly abandoning following God. He was moving down the field because he was longing and looking for heaven. And for me, what I want for us as a community is to live with heaven in mind. But again, for that to happen... I really believe we got to have a snapshot and a picture of it. And so for the rest of our time, here's all I want to do. If you're a note taker, now would be a good time to get out your pens. Um, if you're a note taker and you got a phone, get your phones out. Because I just want us to get incredibly practical and get a snapshot. So when you leave this place, you have an image in your mind about heaven. Okay? And so with that, I just want to teach about what heaven is going to be like so that we can long for it and want to go there. Does that sound good? Okay, so number one, very first thing, if you want to explain heaven, very first thing that I think explains heaven is that number one, it's earthy. Now again, this flies in the face of floating on a cloud, um, playing harps, and this, all this weird stuff, okay? Like one thing that we got to know is it's earthy. And I think one of the reasons we can't get a picture of heaven, because we, we think there's going to be new elements, new materials, we, we, think, we think everything's going to be changed. And yes, it's going to be changed, but it's still going to be earthy. If you jump over to Revelation chapter 21, God, this guy named John gets a snapshot of heaven. And so he actually gets to see it. And he starts to write to us what he's seeing. Okay, and so understand you have a human that's never been to heaven seeing heaven. So he's going to talk to us in human terms. He's going to talk to us in a way where we can understand it, right? And so what he says is, number one, then I saw, so he's looking at heaven, a new heaven and a new what? A new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first what? Earth. No, same word. Earth and earth. Earth and earth. Earth and earth. For the first earth had passed away. Now this is huge because this starts to give us a, a, a snapshot or a something to work with. So if you want to picture heaven, I think number one, first thing we got to understand is that between now and the end of the earth that we know of now, like heaven might be something super spiritual and that we can't understand. But there's coming a day when all time will end, when all we know will end, the whole time will come to completion. Jesus comes back and at that moment, he's going to do away with this earth and make something brand new. 
And, and, but don't miss this. It's going to be earthy. Where the best illustration I can think of this is this. How many of you guys have ever seen the show Extreme Home Makeover? How many of you? How many of you? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, so if you guys don't know the show, what happens is, is they show up and there's some kind of story about why this family um, is in a hard time. They're either about to lose their house or, or they need their house fixed up because it's falling apart and they have some kind of mishap that happened in their house, right? Right, you guys know what I'm talking about? And so what happens is this team of builders comes in and they look at this house and they go tour it, and we look at it, and we're like, oh, man, that's terrible for them. And then they send the family off to Disneyland or someplace like that. And then all of a sudden, what happens next? Literally, here, beep, beep, beep. Here comes the bulldozer. <laughs> They're just gone. And then what happens after that? All of a sudden, you, you get seven days later. We don't know how they do it. We don't understand it all. But seven days later... There's this tiny cube called a house with a roof on it. I'm something you can draw, right? Like, well, here's the one door, one window, you know, and then over there, now there's 12 kids in there, and now they need a new house, and these guys come in, goodbye house, and bam! It is out of this world, is it not? Like, if you've seen that show, it is incredible. Well, I think that's similar to what's going to happen with this earth. Where, look, what God has planned for the new heavens and new earth is going to be breathtaking, And look, I don't think that we can fully imagine what it's going to be like. Scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard the plans he has in store for us. We might not be able to get a full picture of it. Like nobody looks at the little cubicle house and goes, I called it. I called it. I knew there would be 21 windows in that next one. We We don't do that. But here's what we do know. We don't know it's still, the new house is still made of wood. It's still made of stone. It still has cement. It still has sofas. It still has TVs. It still is made of the same stuff. And that's where you want a snapshot of heaven. I think one of the best things to know, yeah, it's going to be mind-blowing. Yeah, it's going to be something you can never picture. It's going to magnify it just like that show. But it's still going to be made of earthy things. Where want to know what I think heaven's going to be like? I think it's going to have water. I think it's going to have grass. I think it's going to have trees. I think it's going to have mountains. I think it'll be sand. I think there'll be beaches. Like, in fact, one of the best snapshots I could imagine, I think is incredibly biblical. If you want to know what and get an image in your head of what heaven looks like, I think the Garden of Eden is one of the best examples. Think about that. And what do we know about the Garden of Eden? Well, we know a few different things. We, we know that there's a garden, okay? So there's things that are growing, there's things that are planting, there's food there, right? But also, what else do we know about Eden? There's this crazy relationship between Adam and animals, is there not? Where I really do believe. You want, I, I think animals are going to be in heaven. You're like, whoa, what about Fido? I really love Fido. She was the family dog. Look, I don't know. You know? Do all dogs go to heaven? I don't know. But what I do know is that there'll be some dogs in heaven. What I do know is that there'll be some tigers in heaven. There'll be some lambs in heaven. In fact, in fact Bible says that the lion will lay with the lamb, which I think we'll be able to lay right in between. Just be like, <laughs> you know, and we'll just, play, we'll just pet them. I, I really do. I, I, you know, and you go, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we just going to be spiritual beings and we're just going to be floating around and hovering across the earth? No. I think there's going to be gardens. I think it's going to be earthy. And I think we're going to be physical. We're understand for us, for us, one of the things that we can see, want to know what we are like in heaven. I think it's similar to what we are now, where, where the Bible says we'll be known as we are now, but we'll have bodies, physical bodies, but they'll be glorified. And so you want to know what you can do in your glorified body? Look, hello, um, we can look at Jesus, 
And when he rose again, he was in his glorified body. So we can say, you know what? What he did, I'm assuming, we could do. And I know you might go, time out, time out, time out. Whoa, 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 whoa. How in the world do you know that? Well, Philippians 3, check this out. It says that our citizenship, if you're a Christian, you're not made for this earth, oh man. But your citizenship is in where? Heaven. And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who? Jesus. Okay, so there's reference to Jesus, who will transform. Look at this. I love this. This is going to get so fun. Transform our lowly body, physical body, our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And so, check this out. You want to know what we'll be able to do in heaven. You want to know what this physical body is? We're number one. I think it's physical. And we're going to put a chart up here. If you want to get your phone out and take a snapshot of this, this is totally fine. We're not going to read all the verses. But what Jesus did was, number one, is he had a physical body. Number one, physical body. Number two is this, is that you will be able to eat. When Jesus came back to life and he rose again, they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's here. And they didn't, they didn't realize what was happening. He's like, all right, guys, let me prove this. Get, got any fish? And they, he ate a fish. Seriously, you can go read it. Number three, and this is where it gets crazy, okay? I think you'll be able to walk through walls. Hey, 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 you're either going to think I'm brilliant or crazy, okay? That, that, I'm fine with that. But Jesus, look, you could go read this in John 20, verse 19. Jesus, they're in a locked room, they're eating, and Jesus is like, um, all right, I want in, and they got the door locked, like, hello. I'm just saying, if Jesus is going to make our bodies like his bodies, then I'm thinking we can do that. And this is where it gets really crazy. Number four, I think we'll be able to levitate and fly. And I'll, I'll, I'll see you guys like, is this serious? Look, in Acts chapter 9, dude, Jesus is like, all right, I'm going up to heaven. Peace. And we'll get into why this is important later, but I'm telling you, I think that's true. The, the last thing is this, is I think we'll glow. I know, look, look, all that touched by an angel stuff where there's like, ah, you know, and they're just, oh, the light. You know, I'm, I, the Bible says we're going to shine with the radiance of the sun's glory. I, look, all I'm saying is, look, look, we can have fun. With, you, you, we might be off. I might be off. I get that. But what I can say is this should start to get you pumped up a little bit. This should get you to yearn for heaven. It should do something to you. Because understand, the things that we experience here, I think that it's going to be in heaven. We're understanding, I think it's going to be earthy. I think it's going to be garden-esque. I think it's going to be a lot like the Garden of Eden, more than we ever could imagine. And then number two is this, is that there's a central city. And this is where, I know, I know there's some people in here, you hate the outdoors, and so everything, you're like, man, it's just a garden. That sounds like hell not having mosquitoes, and you got, you got ants, and, and fire ants, and, uh, and you're just going, man, I hate cutting the lawn. You know, you, you don't even like summer, okay? I get that. You know, there's other people like, whoa, 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 whoa. What about the streets of gold? Pearly gates. It's in the city. And so picture this. I'm telling you, picture this. Garden of Eden. And there's a central city. And the central city is where God dwells. Well, check this out. I just want to read scriptures. If we can go back to Revelation 21. John is trying to explain to us a snapshot of heaven. He wants us to live with heaven in mind. And so for the next little bit, I just want to read to us some scriptures that, that show us and explain to us what heaven is like in the central city. Well, check this out. One of the angels 
carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city. So understand, John's outside of the city on a mountain looking into a city. Right? You guys tracking? You're getting an image. The holy city, Jerusalem, coming out of heaven from God. It is shown with the glory of God and his brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel. Like a jasper. Clear as crystal. Now, now, time out. If you got a Bible, a physical Bible, I would like you to underline every time the Bible starts to reference something clear. Because this is really, really important. Because what's happening here is that all of a sudden he's like, it's like Jasper, but it's crystal clear. You know, that, that's like an anomaly. It doesn't make sense. Where there's going to be more that starts to not make sense. And this is what gets it, it starts to make heaven a hard snapshot. Because there's not anything like that on this earth. But check this out. It's like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a, a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels on the gates. On the gates, look at this, were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12. 12. Notice the 12 apostles. So see the thing. 12 foundations on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a me- measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. So, so, so this angel starts to measure. How big is the city? Right? We want to know. Like, okay, we got this huge lush garden. We got this central city. How big is it? It says this, that the, the city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. A measuring of the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia, or translation, 1,400 miles. So it's a cube. And it was in length, and it was high, wide and high as it is long. So this city, okay, is 1,400 miles width and tall and height. It's like a cube, okay? And so think about this. If you put a picture in your head, this is like the equivalent from California all the way over to about the Appalachian Mountains. Think about that. That's as big as the city is. Meaning there's going to be billions and billions and billions of people here. But here's what's amazing about that city. That's just ground level. (laughs) It's just this massive place. But then it says that there's a height to it. Almost alluding to that there's, in the city, like what's it filled with? I would guess a city, just like today, just like John John would have been like a city. It's filled with buildings. And as he looked up, how did he know where the ceiling was? Because he was like, wow, wow. Probably the buildings were really tall. The throne of God was right there, 1,400 miles tall. Like someone did the math on this, that that would be the equivalent of a skyscraper of 600,000 floors. Imagine that elevator ride. Uh, What what floor are you going to? 482, I don't know. You know, I'll I'll levitate. (laughs) And you just take off, you know? I mean, but, but seriously, think about the magnificence of this. And then look at the rest of it. John just keeps going. We're gonna, I just want to read you a bunch of the Bible where he just keeps going and going and going. It says this, Andrew measured the wall. So there's a wall around the city. And it was 144 cubits thick. The 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each gate made of a single pearl. I don't know about you, but I always had in my head, there's a bunch of little, little circle things, you know, and it was like, oh, they're all going to go up in a line and create these bars. No, it's just one pearl that God carves out and makes gates. <laughs> and then check this out. Each gate was made of a single pearl. The great streets of the city was gold, as pure as, look at this, look at this, transparent what? Glass. Think about this, think about this. The gold streets are so pure. 
transparent glass. Keep going. Um, then the angel showed me the river of water of life as clear as crystal. There is a clear, 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 clear. Right? I put all my notes in there for you guys to know. Flowing from the throne of God and, the lamb down, and, and of the Lamb down to the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer, look at this, you want to know heaven? No longer will there be any curse. They will see his face, so God's face will be in full view. Full of you, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. There will be no need for light of a lamp or of the light of the sun for the Lord God. How awesome is that? The Lord God will give them light, meaning God's glory. Everything's shining. There's no more light. There's no more darkness. There's no more hurt. There's no more pain. God's presence is there, and they will reign. They, this is us. This is us. Me and you, we will reign as sons and daughters. We're no longer slaves. We're no longer wishing we had more. We are sons and daughters of God Almighty up in heaven, and we're reigning forever and ever. That's heaven. Man, and we got to start getting a snapshot of this. And you go, well, what are we going to do? We're going to serve God. We're check this out. It just, it just, it's so clear. Get an image of this. The throne of God and the, and the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. But understand, what will this look like? Just a church service? Let me checking in kids, the Metro kids. I'm serving God. No, keep going. We're Isaiah. He has a look at, see, I will create a new heaven, new earth. Time out. This was around 5,000 years before John. John saw the new heaven, new earth. Isaiah, Old Testament, saw the new heavens, new earth. You want to know what serving God looks like? You know what this presence of God's going to look like? They will build houses and dwell in them. Look, guys, we're not going to float around on a cloud and go, man, what the heck's the point of life? Look, we're going to build houses. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. And my chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. There's going to be a purpose in heaven. We're going to have accomplishment in heaven. We're going to be eating with each other. We're going to be enjoying each other all in the presence of God Almighty. Where I think we're going to have similar things to now. They're only going to be better. And that's where the last thing that I really think explains heaven to give us a snapshot is this word paradise. And here's what's funny. In our world, okay, that word gives us an image, does it not? Like we, we, we all think, uh, we all think um, sand, and we think beach, right? And we think waves, and we go, paradise! Well, understand, for a Jew, this word held a whole different weight. And want to know where this word starts to describe heaven? From Jesus when he's hanging on the cross. We don't miss this. Jesus has this moment where he's hanging on the cross. And come back to Easter. You know the story. There's three crosses. Jesus is pinned between two criminals, One criminal looks at Jesus, and he says, remember me when you come into my kingdom. And Jesus answered him and says, truly I tell you, today you'll be with me. And what's that word? Paradise. Now imagine being there. You're you're in Israel. You're watching Jesus be crucified. Rome is crushing you. And you have Jesus go, Rook, you'll be with me in paradise. They wouldn't have thought beaches and sand because they're in the Middle East. Sand means death. 
yeah, go to the desert. That's awesome, Jesus. All right, I'm with you. Like, that's not it. They thought lush gardens. They thought Garden of Eden. They would have ripped back to the beginning where, where the lion would lay with the lamb, where you would be in the full presence of God. And don't miss this. This starts to bring everything together. We'll put everything together. And you want a snapshot of heaven. One, it's going to be earthy, just like Garden of Eden, where, where we're going to have perfection. We're going to have everything. There's going to be a central city slapped right in the middle of it, but everything that was built is going to be completely clear. Remember, we kept reading clear, clear, clear. What does clear mean? It's because for the first time in all of human history, for the first time, he does away with this earth, creates a brand new earth where everything, 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 including you, including me, with our glorified bodies, including the sea and including the mountains, everything is permeating and pulsating crystal clarity of God and his glory. Do you understand that? So everything we do, all of heaven, you want to know what we do in heaven? Everything is to see more of God's glory. Where we look at the sea and go, wow, it's clear, bam, more glory. We start to look at the gold and go, bam, more glory. We start to look at each other and it's more and more and more of God's glory. And what's this whole series been about? Week after week after week, Christ going, look, all Jesus' plans, you want to know the big plan? Jesus' prayer is, Father, God, all I want... Everything are for those you have given me, Christians, you and I, to be with me where I am. Where's that? Heaven. Heaven. And what's the point? <laughs> to see what? And the million dollar question is why would we want to see that? You ever thought that? I grew up in a church my whole life, and I was like, man, if it's a church service, <laughs> I'm going to hate heaven. It's not because I hate church, but I'm just saying, like a whole eternity of songs. I'm just, I'm, like, I got ADD. I'll be bouncing off the walls. And they put him in a cage, you know, and that dragged me off. Why would we want to be in the presence of God where his glory is blasting? Because Psalm 1611 says, In your presence, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Wait, listen to me, listen to me. Look, from here on out, I'm going to be known as the crazy guy. I'm going to give you the best snapshot of heaven you've ever seen. Because understand, pleasures and joy, pleasures and joys, pleasures and joys. The problem with this earth is all joy, all pleasure, peaks, climaxes, and always misses. Always makes you want more. Isn't that true? Married people, what is the greatest feeling in the world? Nailed it. <laughs> Problem is it rises. Bam, over. Bam, over. Wonder where addictions come from? You're yearning for heaven, man. You, the high, the drug, the sex, the, the, the pornography. You get, you get the rush, you get the high. Bam, it's over. Heaven's not like that, people. I know the sensation of heaven is this everlasting joy, forever pleasures, forevermore. I mean, when you peak, when you climb, when you see Jesus, it's woo, and you don't stop. 
It's like, woof, woof. I, don't, I don't can't explain it, but it's, it's like I think about it. I get Jesus fingers. I got to go every being in me. I, I just go. It's, it's like, have you ever done something? Hit your nails so hard, your teeth hurt. Have you ever done that? Man, it's, it's gonna, I think that's what the snapshot of this pleasure is going to be. Where you see Jesus, bam, but it never stops. Ever increasing, ever going, fullness, fullness, fullness. And why live with heaven in mind? Because, man, it removes you from this earth. You don't chase the materialism. You don't chase the money. You don't chase the relationships. You don't chase sex. You start to put things into perspective when you're hurting, when there's pain. You start to go, you know what? I wasn't built for this earth. And when trouble and hardship come into your life, listen to me, I'm begging you, live with heaven in mind. You go, well, I don't have a picture yet. Beg God. Friends, beg God. Pray. Say, God, give me a picture. Give me a yearning. Give me a wanting. Give me a heart. Because trouble is coming on this side of eternity. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be pain. But I'm telling you, if you can live with heaven in mind, friends, there is nothing you can't get through. Because you weren't built for this earth. And it keeps you from the trap, man. All my life, I deal with teenagers and college students that trap themselves. It's because they don't have a poor view of heaven, man. Well, high school is all it's about. College is all it's about. Marriage is all it's about. Sex is all it's about. It's not. It's not. We all die. And the question is, is do you get into heaven? We have troubles. Christian, what's going to get you through? What's going to ignite your faith? What are you going to look towards? Because Jesus would say, look to heaven. What Jesus is saying in John 14 is, look, when your heart is troubled, believe in God, believe in me. And look, 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 he's, he's telling them about his death. He's saying, I'm about, to, I'm about to go to heaven. Look, look, you guys don't understand. You're just going to watch my flesh get ripped from my bones. Your very best friend. When you're troubled, when there's cancer, when there's death, when your teenager's in trouble, look at when you're dumped, when you're left drying out. He says, when your heart's troubled. Look at this. Believe in God and believe also in me because in my Father's house are many rooms. Picture heaven, Garden of Eden, Central City, skyscrapers. You're with Jesus. Get a picture of this. Many rooms. And if it were not so, what have I told you that if I go to prepare a place for you, don't miss that, heaven is built for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I'll take you to myself. That where I am, look at this, you may be also. All Jesus wants is you. And I'm telling you, man, for us, what I want is to live with this perspective because these guys were in a heap of trouble. Jesus pointed them right to heaven because they gave them a snapshot. And for us, I don't know what you're going through, but what I've learned about life in my short, short years, I know I'm young, I don't know a lot about life. But what I do know is that you're in a storm, coming out of a storm or you're heading towards a storm and what I'm begging us is to live with heaven in mind and if you don't know Christ 
he finishes in John 14 as he's talking about heaven. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Listen, friends, come to Jesus. Look, what he's got in store for you. Look, I know you push back and go, well, hold on, my whole life would have to change. Hold on, I'm going to have to shift some things. Hold on, I'm going to have to give up some things. Yeah, 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 but it is nothing compared to what you'll gain. Nothing. Scream, think, live with heaven in mind. I'm begging you because it ignites your faith for one day your name will be written in the same Lamb's book of life of Moses, of Abraham, of Noah and Jesus will look at you just like them and say come on in well done my good and faithful servant and don't miss heaven don't miss it let's pray Jesus God I pray that you give us a snapshot of heaven, God. God, I pray that there's something in our hearts that ignites us. God, that we live towards God. That God, for the people that are hurting in this room. God, the people that came to church to find hope, to find you. God, people that are far from you and contemplating, God, I don't know if I want to follow Jesus. God, give them a snapshot of heaven people that are far from you, God, have them beg for heaven. God, plant heaven in our hearts to ignite our faith so we can picture you, Jesus, so we can love you, Jesus, so we can be with you where you are. Jesus, that's your one prayer for us to see your glory. And so God, give us a taste now that will ignite our faith for all of eternity. God, let us live with heaven in mind. In your name we pray.